Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. I stumbled upon today's podcast guests while I was scrolling through Twitter early this winter. And I uh, was really intrigued with a thread on their Twitter handle, Seed Oil Rebellion. And what really intrigued me is all of these folks that were chiming in about how eliminating seed oil really reduced their acne and eczema and other skin conditions. And this winter, when my son came home uh, for winter break from college, he was really struggling with acne and he was very frustrated uh, because he was doing all of the, the skincare he needed to. He's um, was eating very low sugar. He's dairy free. So, and then the dairy was not the culprit. And I was really puzzled what was causing all of the acne. You know, he's been working on, on, um, you know, building up a healthy gut. And, uh, after reading this thread, it was like a light bulb moment went off for me because he's dairy free. He eats a tremendous amount of seed oil in the, but the kind of fake butters that he's using. So things like organic earth, earth balance is loaded with seed oils. So I called him up and I told him what I learned from this little Twitter thread and lo and behold, he eliminated this, the uh, seed oils from his diet and he just got home from spring break and his skin looked beautiful. So I knew that I was on to something. And, um, and so I, I begged our guests tonight to uh, come on the PCOS Diva podcast and share what they have discovered about seed oils. So welcome Dr. Kay and Ashley to the PCOS Diva podcast. Thank you. Yeah, Amy, thank you so much for having us. I love that story. That, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love oh. it. You get us blushing before we start. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, it really was amazing what an impact. It, and now he's sold. Um, <laughs> uh, and it, this this is a kid who, um, you know, he, he eats really healthy. And we just were really puzzled. And so um, I've been kind of slowly going along on the journey with him and and noticing energy levels improving as I am 
really moving away from seed oils too. So I just wanted to give your quick bio. You are on a mission to help spread awareness of seed oils, their effects on our health and how to live, how to live a seed oil free life. Um, so I love to start uh, podcasts with guests telling their story. So could you kind of, you know, lead us into your story about how you started um, your platform, Seed Oil Rebellion. Sure. So obviously we have a very simple message here, um, but it, it wasn't simple along the way. So um, this started for us probably back, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, almost. About yeah. 15 years ago, um, back when we first started kind of looking into different diets and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, not so much for weight loss, but to just feel our best, right? We were just interested in what was out there. So we stumbled across um, the ancestral health world. So mm -hmm. paleo and all of that um, was not as popular, obviously, 15 years ago. And so we were, we were so intrigued at, that, you know, you could make such great changes to your, yourself through food. Um, so of course we got started with that paleo, the elimination diets. We went through years of, you know, thinking, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't be eating the dairy. Maybe we shouldn't be eating gluten and, you know, these popular things that people will eliminate out of their diets um, to try to, to feel their best, um, have op optimum health. Well, we were very plugged into that world, I would say until Dr. K um, started med school. Um, it, it was a change of career. Yes. I was, I was 31 when I started med school. So, yeah. So we were a little bit later in the game for that, but of course, as you can imagine, he was extremely busy. We kind of backed off a little bit. We still kept our key takeaways from it. You know, we, we still had yeah. replaced our cooking oils at home. We were no longer using canola oil or vegetable oil at home. Yeah. Um, we did stay very, um, on top of that, but you know, we got a little relaxed in our ways, um, which fast forwards to more recently this last past summer, year. Yeah, yeah last yeah. summer, um, we started to plug back in and notice that people we, we were starting to see people here and there kind of talk about seed oils. People, yeah, people were using the phrase seed oils in just like common tweets, and I remember it's funny. Actually, Ashley found a. Facebook post of mine, it was in like a flashback, you know, Facebook flashback from nine years ago. And it was the exact same verbiage I was using now on Twitter, where mm -hmm. I'm talking about linoleic acid, which is omega-6, mm -hmm. which is a, it, it's a polyunsaturated fatty acid. That's the one take home. Anyone listening, I, I want them to know that when we're talking about seed oils, we're talking about, you know, like what they call vegetable oil that's out there. Um, but um, I was talking about all the same, all the same stuff. <laughs> and um and so fast forward, you know, we've, we've been doing this for a long time, but then we realized that the bulk of the, because you're talking about anti-inflammation, how do you, how do you get inflammation down? Our message is um, that the bulk of the inflammation is the seed oils. So we found, we started to see these, you know, these terms kind of rise back up and we started plugging back in, doing more thinking back to all of our years of this, you know, practicing this stuff and thinking like, oh my gosh. This is literally the common denominator. We feel the common denominator for all these elimination diets, you know, things that people are taking away when they're doing, yeah. you know, these different diets. And we immediately felt like this, this is it. This is the one key thing that we feel everyone should start with. Yes. Um, 
and, and then start by eliminating these seed oils, see where that leads you. And then, yeah, maybe you need to tweak your diet after that. But we quickly realized like th this is the thing. And now it's, it's proving to us with our, as our Twitter accounts have grown and we've had a lot more people jump on board with this. I mean, we're just getting tons of testimonials every day. People that just started a few days ago, people a few months ago, a few years. And I mean, it's just overwhelming yeah. the, the changes and successes that people have and had. The, and the take home is that a lot of people are doing this with just quitting seed oils. Yes. Um, we, we, we're not saying that this is a diet. This is for whatever your diet is. This is a lifestyle yeah. change. For whatever your goes, diet is without seed oils. It goes with any diet. So we support mm -hmm. you if you're carnivore all the way to vegan. We think mm -hmm. that everybody should eliminate seed oils from their diet. So as uh, PCOS Diva is listening to the podcast, um, a lot of us are fighting chronic inflammation. And I am guessing that that's what um, is seed oils are aggravating. And that's what's um, people eliminating them. They're improving their, their levels of inflammation. Is that yeah, I mean, okay. Yeah, so speak, speaking as a physician, the more I look into this, it, it appears to me that seed oils are probably worse than smoking in, oh terms of the, in terms of the oxidative stress. People can understand that idea of like free radicals and oxygen and like how your body has to deal with this junk, you know, that's in them. And seed oils are high in polyunsaturated fatty acids. Obviously, if you deep fry French fries, you're oxidizing them on the spot. But we know that, that they're dangerous, even if they're not oxidized before they hit your cells. Having that much extra polyunsaturated fatty acid in your body, 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 times what's, what, was, what was out there before seed oils, before they invented this stuff, um, is, uh, is a tremendous oxidative load. And I, when I look through, I, I did a little more deep dive on PCOS, knowing that we were going to come on here. And it's, it's incredible. I mean, I can, I can send you this one summary here where they talk about these different, um, these different compounds involved in regulating oxidative stress. And it's like in people with PCOS, 50% higher and people with PCOS, 40% higher. And it's, it, it's off, it's off the charts. It's, um, and so whatever, and we know it's, it's genes and the environment. We know this, right. Which is why one person is different than the other, <laughs> even if they're eating the same diet. But people with PCOS have a um, have a, a susceptibility to these things, you know. Even if they're eating the same diet as their as their sister, right, um, or cousin, or mother, um, and they're more susceptible, more vulnerable to these things. Mm. And the other thing about women with PCOS is we tend to um, carry more weight, and it's more difficult for us to lose weight. And some of the testimonials that I was reading, um, just people talking about eliminating seed oils, it really helped them with weight loss, just doing that one thing. Is that something that you're seeing as well? So it's, it's so, met metabolically, is it doing something? Yes. So I would, so from what we understand, um, carbs do not cause obesity. Um, what causes, so you could force feed an animal and make it gain weight, right? But what causes obesity is carbs plus seed oils, because seed oils with the excess omega-6, the polyunsaturated fatty acids, like I said, 10 to 40 times higher in your body than pre-seed oils, it induces insulin resistance. We know this from animal models. We know this mechanistically. We know what it does to insulin receptors and how this happens. And 
Um, even the Harvard School, because a lot of people listen to this are saying, well, why isn't my doctor saying this? You know, why, why aren't the big institutions saying this? Well, the research says it. The Harvard School of Public Health, you know, has studies which show that it's animal, or it's potatoes plus seed oils, which is obesogenic. Um, and the reason why you're not going to hear it from the from from on high is that this is political mostly. Yeah. You know, think think about what we're talking about. We're talking about corn. Mm -hmm. We're talking about soy, soybeans. We're talking about canola, right? The rapeseed. Um, and this is part of our gross national product in our country. This is billions and billions of dollars. Um, there's more to be said about this, but that's that's one of the big reasons. And like I said, in their own research, they call it obesogenic. We know that seed oils induce insulin resistance, which in turn, when you hear insulin resistance, you're going to um, think weight gain, obesity. Yeah, and insulin resistance is is really at the root cause of PCOS. It's a really root factor. So if we could do something that, um, you know, a, a lifestyle shift that helps to improve the insulin resistance, well, that's going to be sort of a cascade of, of good effects for women with PCOS. So that's why I just found this all so intriguing. Um, yeah. and, and I think the other thing too is uh, now that I am more aware and awareness is really the first step, right? Um, so I'm reading packages and a lot of the, the products that I buy that are organic, that are non-GMO, they still have organic canola oil in them or sunflower yeah. seed you oil yes. all sorts of ways to put it in there no matter what <laughs> and uh so i think I, I think you're right about the political drivers but also the packaged goods that you know there's only a few companies right that i think there's like six companies that basically own all of the inner aisles of your grocery store you just um, saw that graphic yes. somewhere yeah true yeah, and and so they're looking at you know the most effective oils, fats for their product. I mean, I, I yes. mean, cost effective. Um, well, I've, and and speaking of the companies and motivation, your your listeners and you, um, this is really important to hear. Seed oils, omega six, induces endocannabinoid systems. If if anyone's ever heard of THC or weed, you know, maybe you heard from a friend. Mm -hmm that it can give you the munchies, right? And we know from research that these induce endocannabinoid systems. So when you eat polyunsaturated fat in higher amounts, omega-6, you are hungrier. It literally does the same thing. You're hungrier. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm waiting and I know it's gonna come soon when people give us testimonials that they don't feel like having a midnight snack anymore. Mm -hmm. I know I don't feel hungry like I used to. It's very true, once you cut them out, um, you, you literally don't feel like snacking now, maybe mentally you're telling, I, I still struggle with that sometimes. Like I'm at home for most of the day and my brain's telling me, shouldn't you be hungry? Shouldn't, shouldn't you want to eat something? But I don't feel hungry in between meals. It's, mm. it's crazy. That's, that's interesting. Cause you know, so many women with PCOS struggle with these uncontrollable cravings, um, yeah. certainly driven by insulin resistance, um, and, and blood sugar, but, um, you know, so many of us are, you know, eating lots of, of packaged foods, even under the guise of being gluten-free or keto. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, you know, th that's, um, and, and both of, you know, 
low carb, gluten-free keto uh, diets are very popular in the PCOS community. And um, before we got on the call, you were going to, you said that, that you had some thoughts around those ways of eating. Um, I am, we're, we're deep in the lore and the history of the elimination diets. I actually, I even got one of my letters of recommendation for med school from one of the leading researchers in gluten research. So I was deep in it. So I understand how important it is to a certain segment of the population. And I also understand the, the meme of it, right? I know I'm very familiar with Rob Wolf, who wrote The Paleo Solution. And he, you know, he's got celiac disease. And he talked about his elimination diets. And he, his work and, and, and elimination 30-day trials led to Whole30, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners have tried and everything. And you know, I met the couple that, that made that program before it was called Whole30. So I was, you know, I was very familiar with these for a long time. And my message now is, and I'm not the only one, you know, we, we didn't, this is not our original idea. A lot of folks are talking about this. We've just packaged this in a way that's digestible for folks, right? And we were really hammering how to help you today, right? With shopping guides and memes, right? Um, my message is that the, the bulk of the efficacy of why these diets have worked is because they have, they have either eliminated seed oils or lowered linoleic acid. And the more we look at it, the more, I'm not saying it's the only thing that matters. I'm saying it's the elephant in the room. In this crazy circus, circus of a world we're in right now, the elephant right in the middle of the room is, is seed oils in excess omega-6. Mm. And we have, we have brilliant um, scientific information to back this up, but also it works like a charm as soon as you do it, <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as you, as you described with your son. Yeah. And it was, it was not a long period of time either. Um, the, the one thing that I learned very early on, um, back, gosh, I did a, uh, one of the first kind of nutrition focus courses I did around PCOS was back in 2010. And back at that time, um, there was a lot of discussion about how women with PCOS have lower levels of omega-3, like that ratio of omega-3 to omega-6 was much more dramatic than women without PCOS. So I think, you know, and they're not really sure why I think there's, you know, potentially some genetic issue, Um, but you know, we're already at an, at a disadvantage and then you, it's entirely plausible. Yeah. It's entirely plausible that, um, uh, that one of the major factors in PCOS is how your body handles omega-6. It's it's entirely plausible that, that that's one of the major things. So I want to read from this summary right here. So it's talking about NDA. This is one of these like, um, oxidized metabolites that you can get from omega-6 and from polyunsaturated fats. It says, it says in PCOS uh, compared to healthy controls that these levels were high in PCOS independent of obesity. So even, even women who are, are not obese and have PCOS had these high levels, right? So yes, someone could be more prone to be obese, but you don't have to be obese to have PCOS, right? We know this and you're, you're, we're probably familiar with these things. So these high levels, um, um, uh, you know, you, you see these and it's just like you said it's this high inflammatory load. And um, it looks like the major input is from seed oils. Mm. This is just um, like clicking on so many levels for me. Um, You know, and and women, there's more and more prevalence of 
PCOS compared to, you know, it, it seems like the percentage of the population is growing. Um, and, you know, and I, and I think about, um, you know, what my maybe great grandmother would have eaten. Um, yeah. She, yeah. she was using lard. She yeah. was using tallow, um, yeah. you know, butter. There was no such thing as really canola oil or, um, you know, I don't, from she's from um like eastern europe so okay. you know uh that Medi mediterranean olive oil that wasn't really something that she would have used yeah. um but and then i think about how like mcdonald's when i was a kid they were frying their fries in beef tallow yeah um, and then i don't know was it the 80s like late 70s they switched um, to vegetable oils and Maybe their 80s or early 90s or something. And a lot of places did. So the growth, mm -hmm. <clears throat> I can give you a little bit of history on seed oils too, if you want, but um, yeah. especially in the, since around the 1970s, like the, the, the use of soybean oil skyrocketed. And that um, is, is indicative of all, all the different places that were using these type of oils and how much their prevalence has grown since then. So um, just, just as a quick, history for folks. In the late 1800s, they first started putting cottonseed oil. They started cutting lard with cottonseed oil. First of all, that's crazy, eating cottonseeds. But even today, a Twinkie, we actually, we just looked yesterday, mm -hmm. a Twinkie has beef tallow, good. Believe it or not, beef tallow. <laughs> cottonseed oil, bad, right? Yeah, <laughs> so it, it, has, has it has good and bad in it, um, which is crazy that it's cottonseed oil. So, and then Crisco, everyone's heard of Crisco. Mm -hmm. They patented in 1910 and they started advertising and selling it in 1911. And Crisco stands for crystallized cottonseed oil. Wow. Most people didn't know that. It's mm -hmm. made, I think it's made with soybean oil now, but but it was that. And then over time, more what they call the oil seed industry. I think it's like three hundred and thirty billion dollars worldwide or something. Um, now you might buy a product and not even know which vegetable oils in it, which seed oils in it, because they're like it might be this, that, and the other thing. Like mm -hmm. it comes in a big mixed vat. Mm -hmm. You know that's how they treat this stuff. And then you know you've got canola, and so you you might have heard my memes about calling it engine lubricant, because that's what it was. <laughs> the story you told about your, your, you know, family line using food, tallow and lard and things, that was food. You use it to eat. Cotton seeds squeezed into an oil was used to lubricate machinery. <laughs> and same thing with canola. Canola had a few toxic compounds in it that they had to engineer out so that it wouldn't be instantly making you sick. It was an engine lubricant that they made edible. As soon as they reached the point of edible, they were like, good, go ahead, eat it. So we're, we're paying the consequences now for eating such high omega-6 foods. Hmm. So let's, let's switch to, okay, if this is resonating with you, then what's the next step? What can, what can we eat? What are, what are the healthy fats? So this is the part we love. <laughs> So um, we have what we call the simple six. We like to keep things very, very simple. So the simple six, the healthiest oils that we suggest are ghee, which is clarified butter, beef tallow, olive oil, butter, coconut oil, and avocado oil. Um, we do like to specify that the avocado and olive oil industry can be a little dicey. 
Um, there are a lot of oils in those two groups that are, unfortunately, with lack of regulation, they can be either laced with seed oils or in some cases can be 100% seed oil, but labeled as Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're like 99%. It's it's terrible. Yeah. So I do make sure on a regular basis to educate people on that as well. Um, because it's very important. Like you think you're doing good, you're going out and buying avocado oil, right? It could literally be a hundred percent soybean oil. Um, so we do advise people if they're gonna use the olive oil or the avocado oil, just to um make sure they look into that a little bit more. And I I we can talk about our site later, but I've got um on our website. Um, brand recommendations that I've looked into. Just, we want to make this as easy as possible for people. Um, So those are the good ones. Then we have the evil eight, the oils to always avoid at all all costs. And those are grapeseed oil, soybean oil, corn oil, safflower, cottonseed, canola, rice bran, and I'm not sure if I said sunflower or not. Yeah, we we do include sunflower. There are so some folks listen to this might say, hey, I'm on an elimination diet and they say sunflower is okay. Sunflower is lower in omega-6, but it's still coming from a seed and it requires certain extraction process. You know, it's not like squeezing an avocado. If you get a real good, you know, avocado source that's just squeezed, we, we think it's a better practice in general. So that's where you get a little overlap with talking about the numbers, omega-6, but also we just, we're not fans of the seed extraction process, period. Mm -hmm. What about, um, I I guess I would call it medicinal oil, like the black cumin seed. That's something that seems to be really hot right now. You hear a lot about that. Black seed oil. Yeah. Um, so or, or the, the the black cumin seed, yeah, or flaxseed oil. That those kind of like more yeah. exotic. I don't know. Is is that how you'd call it? <laughs> yeah, we can call them that. <laughs> so I I like to give a nuanced answer to that because some people will even point to research for black seed oil. But my answer is that we are all toxic levels of omega six in our bodies. It takes, you know, I like to say the five years. Like it might be a little more, a little less comparing person, but five years is a good rule of thumb there Um, to get to normal levels. If you go seed oil free today, you're five years. Now that could sound ridiculous, right? Luckily people, the benefits are front loaded. Mm -hmm. You know, my IBS went away. I I'm a, I'm a skinny guy. I'm 5'10". I was 170 last summer. And for the first month or so of doing this, I was doing some more low carb and, and other things. But then I just start adding things back in. I eat bread, I eat dairy, we eat ice cream on the weekends, we bake cookies. I've lost 20 pounds. <laughs> uh, and I'm already a skinny guy. I'm down into the 140s. I'm like, what's going on here? I keep losing weight. Yeah, my blood pressure away. went away. So yeah. that's in the, you know, within months. Um, and, you know, uh, I've heard stories from people in terms of things, you know, is the, the longest I've heard was seven years. Someone had some weird thing with their knee with a little bump. It's called Osgood Schlatter. And mm-hmm. at the seven year mark of being like completely free of this stuff, the bump on the knee was gone. He was like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like rubbing my knee. And I'm like, uh, this has been there like almost my entire life, you know? Um, so I guess so, what he's yeah. trying to say all these little supplements where maybe you could get yeah. some benefits. We don't know for sure. Yeah, we've got bigger fish to fry yeah. before we decide how important a little supplement is. <laughs> yeah, okay. we, we totally yeah. believe in yeah, yeah. taking away. Yeah, yes. Then figuring out what and where you may yeah. need to supplement. But let's let's take care of like the root issue yeah. first, you know. 
So in, in the work that I do, you know, I teach women with PCOS to make lifestyle change, um, diet, exercise, supplements, stress reduction, et cetera. Um, I really taught, I preach progress, not perfection. I think it's really overwhelming to, to think about, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from, you know, processed foods and but now I'm going to have to look at my oils too do you think (laughs) do you think that that can you kind of reduce your amount and and still see um some benefits I I would say yes I don't have a hard answer I don't know what what percent it starts getting better but yeah absolutely um I can use I can use one example for something because I know this is related to inflammation my migraines were so painful start when I started having them at age 13 that if I had one, I knew like my whole morning was done or my whole afternoon was done. It's going to be painful for four hours of just suffering. And now that I'm looking back about how in my late twenties, they weren't as painful anymore. Well, what change did I make in my mid twenties when we found paleo, you know, we weren't strict paleo people, but I definitely was not eating as much fast food as I was before. The main ingredient that I wasn't eating as much is vegetable oil. We changed what we used at home. You know, I was still having fries here and there. I would still get nauseated with headaches. I'd still get blurry vision, you know, the, the flashing vision from migraines, but they were not as painful anymore. So use that example, right? I was still getting migraines, but they were like nothing compared yeah. to what they used to be. Still have some, you'll probably still have symptoms, but you could feel a little yeah. better. So of course, you know, that's a good analogy. In is going to be the best, but, um, and that, that's another thing that we do because, you know, I really take the reins of the lifestyle stuff. And I understand that jumping right into a whole new lifestyle like this can be very overwhelming. So I've broken it down into, into five simple steps, you know, and I say, look, start with step one, which is literally just replacing your at-home cooking oils. Once you get comfortable with that, move on to step two, that's going through your pantry and refrigerator, right? And, and so another reason why we love to call this a lifestyle change versus a diet is because not only do we want long lasting habits, like this is not just a, like a diet that you're gonna yo-yo in and out of or something like that. I mean, this is a lifestyle change. And what I love about it is it's literally just finding better replacements. That taste better. <laughs> yes. <it's, laughs> Chocolate yes. chip cookies with butter. Right. Typical mayo is pure yeah. so- soybean oil, right? Yeah. Switch to this mayo instead. It, it's literally yeah. just replacing things and getting used yeah. to those replacements is, is really what it is. And, and, if, and if lowering carb is already working for you, I think that lowering carb and being aware of seed oils and omega-6 is going to be like rocket fuel. Huge. Oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, that, that's great to hear. I mean, that is like yeah. supercharged. Yeah. Like if you, and we don't talk a lot about carbs because that's not our message, Yeah. but it is part of the message of health is if you are overweight and you need to get to a better weight, then yes, like lower carbs has been shown to be helpful. We know this, but our prime message here is that carbs are not the problem. Mm-hmm. Seed oils framed carbs. Seed oils framed, right. they made you hungrier. They made you hungrier. They made you insulin resistant. And they also, I mean, we haven't even talked about heart disease, but just talking about the carbs, right? But they framed other things too. But, you know, when you get, let's say you are 50 pounds overweight and you do a bunch of stuff and you lose 50 pounds, our message is you might have hope to being able to eat carbs again. And as long as you stay away from seed oils, it should not make you obese again, right? 
And that's a liberating message um, that we that we stand by. Um, and I know me, and like I said, I am not an overweight person, you know, and it's really hard to be a, you know, skinny fat, right? And then go to not being skinny fat. That, that, that seems like a real uphill battle for a lot of people. And I'm not, I'm, I'm losing more weight. <laughs> I eat carbs and I'm losing more body fat. It's crazy. I'm leaning out and it's, you know, for someone in his late thirties and I'm not, I'm not doing any cardio. I'm not in the gym all the time because I'm a medical resident. I'm so busy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a liberating message. So what, one of my other really mess, messages is that divas need to sizzle in the kitchen. And I think that, you know, when you have control in your kitchen, like he's talked about cooking the chocolate chips with butter, or chocolate chip cookies with butter, <laughs> you know, making your own salad dressings, that to me is Ooh, one I of the it. biggest culprits. And yeah. I noticed, um, Ashley, you had right. posted on your Twitter feed, like these cute little, um, tiny little mason jars that you had yeah. bought to bring, yeah, to bring your, your own homemade salad dressing to the restaurant. And, yes. and, and so it can be just those little tweaks like that. Um, but my question, and it's really puzzling to me is how do you figure out what restaurants you can eat at? Um, because yeah. I'm sure, so, you know, so many restaurants cook with canola oil and um, yeah. those vegetable oils. This is a big question I get a lot. And this, we consider this step three of our eliminating seed oils for beginners. Um, it can be tough. And you just, you really just have to tell yourself like, okay, I'm not, I, it, it's pretty much impossible to be perfect when you don't have control yeah. over how your food is being cooked, right? You can, you can try your best, but you're not going to have full control, obviously, but you can try to do your best. And like you said, salad dressings are one of the worst. I tell people <laughs> when they go out to eat, always remember these three things stay away from salad dressing, anything mayo-based, any mayo-based yeah, sauces or anything like that. And then anything fried, obviously. You can ask what kind of oil they use in their fryer. I will tell you 99% uh, of restaurants right now are going oh, to yeah. tell you that it's some sort of vegetable seed oil. Some medley. Um, <laughs> but I, I, those are like the top three yeah. things I would avoid. And I also like to note this because I always get shocked responses when I say this. Most restaurants deep fry their bacon. So I, I always like to put that out there because if you're, if you're keto, you're probably eating a good amount of bacon. Um, it, it ask them if it's deep yeah. fried because <laughs> wow. most of the time it is. And then that's like a double-edged sword right there. So this, this um, is a really, yeah, yeah go I'm going to let, I'm going to let Dr. K yeah. get into the bacon talk for a minute because we cannot, we cannot do a podcast without going into that. So there's, a um, but as far as restaurants that I would suggest going to, if you have a choice, some of the best ones are going to be like a steakhouse or a seafood place, right? You can get, ask them to cook your steak and butter. You can get your seafood baked or sometimes, um, you know, sauteed in butter, um, steamed veggies, baked potato with sour cream and butter. Um, and to make it basic, some of those get, options, get a hamburger. Yeah. Get a hamburger. Like I, yeah. Probably be a very trace amount of oil in the bun. Um, or if, if yeah, you, if as long you as do they don't like, butter it with, with if you do like junk. a lettuce wrap, then, um, obviously that would be a better option, but mm -hmm. you know, we can only do our best when we go out and those are yeah. some of the standard guidelines that I throw out there. And this is also the first guideline I've ever taken 
where I do not crave to go off the rails with this. I do not crave, like I joke about the engine lubricant, uh, which is true. <laughs> I don't I don't crave French fries cooked in engine lubricant. <laughs> I don't, I just don't. I don't look at a pack because I've been doing this for months and you know, I eat ice cream on the weekends. <laughs> I don't worry about French fries cooked in engine lubricant. You and know? like I was saying before, it's just a matter of finding ways to replace the old habits. So like for instance, we used to love going to Mexican restaurants, right? You get the chips and the salsa. It's delicious. Mm -hmm. You hear the guacamole. No more. Um, we, we refused. It was funny. A few months ago, we went to a Mexican restaurant and they tried to bring us chips like four different yeah. times. Oh no, no, we're good. And, and we we're just good. like, oh no, we're fine. And then, you yeah. know, they want to make sure the mm -hmm. tables are taken care of. The yeah. <laughs> and then another person would come with chips. Oh no, we're good. Um, so instead we ordered some corn tortillas. Yeah. Okay. Corn tortillas, by the way, most of the time are not going to have any oil in them. The flour usually do. And so we take the corn tortillas and we dip them in the salsa and the guacamole. It was delicious. And yeah. so that's an easy sort mm -hmm. of replacement for something like yeah. that. Yeah. And, it, and it's gluten-free too, if you're yes. focused yes. on that. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. a great, that's a great substitution or, or bring um, some of those satay chips that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And they're, they're fried in avocado oil. Um, and I've been telling people, you know what, it's, yeah. you have to do what's best for you. If you're walking into a restaurant with your little salad dressing or your little bag of chips, I mean, they're just going to have to respect that. You're not yeah. going in and not ordering, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that's that they cannot accommodate. Right. And that's my whole um, personal story. Uh, I, I start out my book, Healing PCOS, with the story of being in a restaurant and really being a diva and asking, and it was a steakhouse asking for exactly what I wanted. Um, you know, I don't want my sweet potato with margarine, you know, I, yeah. I want real butter. <laughs> and yes. I think that's the yeah. other thing to ask for too, is yeah. um, that they prepare your vegetables with real butter. Yep. Yeah. If it's super soft, it's, it's probably whipped butter, which mm -hmm. is got oil in it or it's mm -hmm. margarine. So you, you might have to have that real butter talk with them. <laughs> yeah. So this has been a real, I mean, this is just so enlightening to me. I, I think that this idea of seed oils and, and too much omega-6 and causing, you know, all of these health issues is it's we're kind of in the early adopter phase <laughs> but yeah. i think that that more and more people are going to kind of get on the the bandwagon and i know um i think one of your posts you showed a a restaurant that had fried its french fries in olive oil or you know i think that there's going to be more places that understand people are looking for uh, foods that are seed oil free. So absolutely. We're not, we're not slowing down anytime yeah, soon. Expect so. big things soon. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for the work that you're, you're doing to kind of enlighten us. Um, I'm very grateful. I know my son is too, um, but tell us where we can find out more about your work. And, um, I know you, you have some great shopping guides. So, so tell us about those. Yes. So you can find me on, I have a Twitter account. It's the handle is real oil respecter. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at um, seed oil rebellion is my Instagram. And then we have a website, seed oil I advise or 
definitely suggest everyone that's listening to this to go check that out. There's tons of great info on there. There's an education section, um, you know, a list of the, the healthy and bad oils and even the gray area of the oils that we didn't talk about, all that information on there. There's a food shopping category. Um, that's where we link the um, seed oil free shopping guides. I have actually put many hours of I think I've done about nine or 10 stores, grocery stores so far. I plan on keep to keep doing them. And I mean, it's just lists and lists of seed oil free shopping items. Um, so a lot of people have, have loved that. Um, I also have there the, uh, the guide that I was talking about, the eliminating um, seed oils for beginners guide. Um, that one also has like recipes and some food prep ideas and things like that. Super helpful. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be downloading the Trader Joe's guide and the Costco Good. guide because uh, I'm going to be going there later this week. And you know, I just want to be more educated because knowledge is power. And you've gotten so much good, so much yeah. positive feedback from those because, you know, can anyone go in and read the labels? Of course. Do we all have time to do that? No. Yeah. <laughs> so the convenience of it, people have really been pleased with. Perfect. Um, so is there any uh, uh, farewell words of wisdom that you want to share with us? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I like to say that nutrition is complicated, but seed oil disrespect is easy. <laughs> I love that. Um, and, um, and, you know, we, we're not telling you, um, you know, how to eat. We're just telling you about these items and how if you avoid them, things get better and they get better quickly. And there's a lot of information to come. There's a lot of more interesting stuff to come. And we are just getting started with the resources for people listening and for you and for ourselves, like, you know, especially when it comes to restaurants and things too, we want to make this easy for people. So expect mm -hmm. more, please. Oh, well, thank you so much. And, you know, I, I just want to say too, is everyone is a bio individual where, where there's no one size fits all approach, but the, the great thing about it is it's easy to experiment and just give it yep. a try. See how you feel after a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you have to lose? Exactly. <laughs> what, what do you have to lose? Well, Ashley and Dr. K, thank you so much for joining the PCOS Diva podcast today. Thank you. And Oh, you're, you're so welcome. And thank you everyone for listening. I look forward to being with you again very soon. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at pcosdiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.